Welcome to another episode of Improv Exchange with Leander Young, where we dig into conversations with seasoned musicians to discuss their life, art, and the faith of jazz as they see it. In this episode, we interview a composer, arranger, and pianist from Mongolia, Shutin Erdin Bator. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Improv Exchange. We Today, we have Satin Erdin Bata. Way wrong, right? Yeah, right. It's, uh, yeah, almost. No, it's not. Okay, go ahead. Say, please. <laughs> It's Shuteng Erden Bater. Okay. Sorry for butchering your name, ma'am. And no, thank no. you for joining us. <laughs> thank you for having me. Uh, so, you're my first guest that is technically from Mongolia. You're probably the first jazz artist I know from Mongolia. <laughs> so, First of all, introduce yourself, and then I have to ask about that, please. Um, yeah, I'm I'm Shatain. I'm from Mongolia. I was born and grown up there in the capital city of uh, Mongolia. It's called Ulaanbaatar, and I was grew up. I grew up as a classical musician. I played classical piano, and then I did my bachelor's in classical composition, and then I was introduced to jazz music for the first time in my life um, at sixteen. And that was the project which was funded by Goethe Institute in Mongolia at that time. And that was the actually first um, educational organization in Mongolia ever, which introduced jazz music. And yeah, I was one of the first students there. And that was my first encounter with the jazz music. Okay. So you're literally one of the first from that country to perform jazz. And yeah, I mean, we did have one big band, um, which is actually, um, which exists since 50 years now, I think, but they didn't really um, play like those classical uh, jazz big band arrangements or like they didn't really improvise. They just played everything which was written on the paper and, um, but they, yeah, they, they call, they used to call it a big band. And, but um, in 2014, uh, at the first time, which um, the jazz came to Mongolia actually for the first time there. And that was the beginning of like professional jazz music industry in Mongolia, I would say, yeah. Okay. So you're probably one of the stars of the scene. And <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm definitely one of the first ones there, but um, I moved actually five years ago to Germany. So I wasn't on the jazz scene in the last five years, so I wouldn't really count myself as um, the essential part of Mongolian jazz scene. Okay. Now, why did you choose Germany? And I uh, applied actually to a couple of uh, scholarships at that time, uh, one of them of Germany and China. I did that too in Australia as well, and I got the scholarship for Germany, and that was a luck. And, and yeah. And I chose Munich because that was also the only one city I could apply because I missed all other <laughs> application deadlines for other cities. So it was actually, um, yeah, uh, very spontaneous decisions to come to Munich. Okay. So going from no jazz scene to Munich, how right. was that? 
um, overwhelming. And I mean, I didn't speak German at that time as well. And if you live in Germany, you really have to know the language to really to live here. I mean, you could survive with English too. But um, yeah, if you study and if you want to work in, in that industry, you really have to know the language. And that was um, really challenging at the beginning. And I it took me two years, I think, to really feel like at home here in Germany. And now, yeah, I really do like feel like home here in Munich. And I don't think also leaving the city in the, in the near future. So, yeah, the things have um, developed and established. Okay. Uh, just curious, because this is more just me being fascinated that you came from there and in the scene. So you're in the university, you learn in jazz, and then you decide to put the album together when you graduate or something? And that was a part of my um, graduation project, actually. You have to play a concert and, and you have to uh, record a CD in order to do that. And I had idea of musicians at the, at the, at the university who, who, would, who would like, I'd like to play with. And I asked them and we did actually, um, like not, not really the professional recording, it was only for the school. And it turned to be actually really good. And then I asked the musicians one more time again to go to really record the music professionally and and yeah that's that's now my first album which can be heard and everywhere yes everyone first of all check out her album rising sun i think it's class it clearly has a chamber music background sound to it but it does have a heavy swing songs that i love up and down's my favorite as i told her before <laughs> but <laughs> thank you so your bandmates were all in uni with you um, except one, except the saxophonist and flutist. And um, yeah, the bassist and the drummer, I met them at the university. Yep, you guys fit well. Yeah, we understand each other too, um, personally. And it was also very important to me to choose them because I wanted to uh, make music with people I like and I understand. And yeah, I really um, like them and I'm glad to have them. Okay, so... The album you put together professionally, you produced it, you released it. Uh, you have any plans with that quartet? Assuming you keep it saxophone player also. Are you going to keep it going? Are you going to expand on it? Do you have other projects already in works? Um, I do have one chamber jazz orchestra, which have which has 20 people, 20 musicians. It's like a combination of um, big band uh, plus uh, chamber um orchestra with the strings and horn and tuba and everything in that and um, yeah that's my second project um, which I would like to record next year and um, and then have then I have uh, another project the third one that's this uh, duo project piano and contra alt clarinet this is a very rare instrument it's like um, it's uh, lower as uh, as um, bass clarinet but it's a little higher than contra uh, bass clarinet, so it's in between. It's I mean, it's re very rare. You could maybe see it as a doubling instrument in big band, or maybe as a ba bass instrument in a clarinet group. And I know a musician from Munich who, who plays that instrument, and he is actually the bass player who is playing in my quartet album. He plays different instruments, and he uh, plays also that instrument, which I discovered a couple of years ago. And 
then we decided to uh, yeah to um, found that duo project and this will be the third recording we are planning to record in the next years okay so yeah they, no they i love the fact my you main main three <laughs> projects i'm working on at the moment as composer and pianist that's good i keep keep it going i'm actually looking forward towards that <laughs> Some people come on, they're like, maybe in five years, I'll do one. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> so you have other stuff in mind. I'm glad. Uh, I just got to ask. Okay, so how did your family take it that you want to go study jazz on the other side of the world? <laughs> well, it's actually, um, the first of all, the word jazz it had, has, I don't know, uh, it had some negative um impressions <laughs> because you think that oh my daughter is just going to be in the hang will be hanging at the jazz club all the time and she will never come home at night and um, yeah that was like their first impressions that I had the longer I was actually very um, sure about the, the music I, I really would like to do and I told them that I really want to do what I um, what I love and they um, approved them at some point and they respected also my visions and my dreams and yeah and i told him that that i can't study jazz at home in mongolia because there weren't any higher educational system for us uh, in jazz music so i had to leave and yeah they understood that do you actually have plans of going back to perform or play or live or no and maybe to perform yes to maybe to present uh, my music and um, the things I've been doing here in Germany in the last five years. And that would be actually nice to show my friends and families. And um, But to leave there, it's it's very complicated to um, leave as a musician, especially as a jazz musician. I mean, it isn't very established scene and I wouldn't be able to do any of my projects I have at the moment there. So there aren't um, any musicians. I mean, I wouldn't find any musicians for my orchestra. So. And maybe in the near future, I don't have plan to go back there to leave, but maybe to perform, yes. What is the main type? So what is the popular music over there? The same popular music as in the States? Or is it just... Um, that's uh, classical music and traditional Mongolian music. And there are also Mongolian pop um, and rock music. It's also a bigger scene, obviously, as than jazz music. But yeah, classical music, it has... Uh, large history, historical background there, because it was like influenced by Russian people that time, like 80 years ago, 90 years ago. And yeah. Okay. No, people, I really don't know much about <laughs> Mongolia. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, yeah, I don't like three things really. And yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is actually a unique one to me. So your knowledge of the music scene okay have you been to like london or anywhere else since um no you've been in germany been... mainly um yeah mostly okay i mean I, I was just on vacation in italy but like not really to yeah i, I i'm not really integrated into jazz scene in other city in other countries than germany is there any other scenes you plan to at least go check out um, New York and uh, of course the States would be my franchise and I, I really would love to go there and uh, my label actually um, is based in New York and I haven't been to New York it's it's <laughs> insane <laughs> but yeah hopefully soon 
Okay, that was a later question, but okay. So, how did this label reach out to you, and how did they pick this up? Um, I wrote to them. I wrote an email, yeah. and I, you know, I'm, I, I had the album ready. I we have recorded that, and we've mixed it and everything, and it was just ready. And I was looking for a label who would like to um, release that, and I wrote a couple of labels, and including Matema. That's the name of the label. And um, on the same day, I wrote an email um, to Jana Harrison, she's the founder of the label, and she wrote me back that she never heard of actually a Mongolian jazz musician. <laughs> that was, I, I think, a bonus. And um, yeah, and then she told me that um, they would be interested in that, and she asked me a couple of questions. And then after three months, um, I asked them again if it's how is it going, or, um, and would you like to do that? Would you like to release the album? And they. And then they agreed, yeah. And uh, I mean, we've been then talking, um, through Zoom, video chatting, and writing emails all the time. And we didn't meet actually in person until April. And we have a big, um, in, um, how do you say, um, jazz market, in in Germany in Bremen called Jazz Ahead, and she was there. And that was the first time I saw her, actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, shout out to them for actually picking yeah. up this project. I got to give them that. Second of uh, all. And that was for me also a stroke of luck. Um, yeah, that they actually read my email. I and mean, nowadays you get a thousand of mails per day. Everyone has uh, an AL album and everyone wants to release that. And it's, I think, really rare that you open the email and read that. And I'm really glad that, that they did that. And yeah. Yeah. And for the younger people listening, I take your chances. That's all I can say. I wouldn't have my <laughs> hopes up for emailing like Blue Note or somebody and hoping they pick you up. But we got one example right here where it worked. <laughs> okay. I mean, so I, like I said, this is a harder one interview <laughs> for me. <laughs> so. What are the struggles you've been having, though? Has there really been anything? I can't really see that. You came, you made that, a, that's a huge accomplishment. Then you um, finished university, you finished the language, and now you have a label signed. You signed to a label. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's like uh, you see that ice, um, ice mountain, and you only see the top of it, and you don't really see what's uh, down there. And I mean, there have been a lot of struggles, and um, especially, um, yeah, those uh, hard to for me actually not really maybe musically, but um, as a person and to live as a foreign person in another country brings a lot of struggles in it. And um, starting with the visa, and you really have to extend it each six months. And um, yeah, it's this struggle number one, which I always have in my mind. And what I I really want to leave as a musician here in Germany, but if if I am not allowed to, what should I do? Um, or those kind of like. Um, questions which sound very elementary, but it's actually, um, yeah, the biggest struggles I have um, as a foreign musician living in another country. And um, yeah, that was the, in the beginning of the time I moved to Germany, I didn't really feel like I don't sweep to the society because I don't really belong to, to it. And at the same time, I had the same feeling to Mongolia as well, that I really belong to Mongolia anymore because I don't, I'm not living there anymore. So. Those kind of things were like most of my struggles, which, um, yeah, which I sometimes still do have. Yeah. Okay, so 
you first got to Germany, what was your first like wow moment? Like, I can't believe this is happening. Like, you have any moment like that? Each time, actually. <laughs> <laughs> when I see um, the metros, we don't have that. And when I see bus are coming on time, and I was like, wow, the bus are coming on time. And we wait for 40 minutes to two hours for bus and knowing if they will still come. And I mean, I'm, I'm coming from that kind of society and from the city. And it's just each moment have been like really wow to me. And um, yeah, especially also the people and um, how I always thought of that the German people are cold and they are, uh, I mean, everyone says the German language sounds very angry. And I thought I had that <laughs> expectation actually at the beginning, but it wasn't like that. And it was also like one of the wild moments that the Germans are actually very friendly and supportive. Yeah. And the German language doesn't really sound that angry too. I mean. <laughs> Get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Have your parents at least visited Germany? Not yet. I mean, the COVID came and they wanted to actually be there in my graduation concert, but it didn't happen. I mean, the graduation concert didn't happen as well. <laughs> and at the time it was supposed to be and it, it got postponed and it was like live stream concert. So. They saw the concert through YouTube and yeah, that hopefully soon. Okay. And what was your take on the album being released and you getting picked up? And um, what was the question? Sorry. How did they take you actually getting the album picked up um, by a label and released? Yeah, they, I think they were really proud, but um, they are like some kind of people who don't really show their emotions like and I don't know, like, oh, so glad for you. I'm, I'm so proud, like not in that way, but they, they told me like they brought me. Yeah, great. <laughs> Very glad. <laughs> yeah, my parents are the same way. It, yeah, they're just like, but yeah, I, good but job. I can feel that how they feel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> OK, so being a pianist, is there any just how should I put it? What has been the most difficult transition? at least from the more classical field, from you being in Mongolia to being over here in a more jazz world? Um, understanding improvisation, I think that was the, part, the, the, the toughest thing to, to, um, yeah, to adopt because I studied classical piano for over uh, more than 10 years and then I did classical composition. It was, everything was so strict. You have to play, play it like that and play it like this. And then came jazz and I was, uh, yeah, suddenly I, I was able to play anything I want to and, and not really, yeah, dynamically, you can play it loud or play, play it um, faster or like I had that freedom suddenly and that was, I think, quite overwhelming to me to adopt it. But um, yeah, that was, and it was like similar. I think I can compare it like the transition from moving from Mongolia to Munich and it, really like felt like I was moving to another country, like from uh, coming from classical and jumping with the jazz. It felt some, something like that to move, to move to another country. Okay, but you just pretty much, how much were you studying? How long were you studying, I'm sorry, in Mongolia at that jazz institute before you went to uni over in Munich? Um, two years. Um, yeah, and that, that was, it was more like um, we had someone from Germany and he, he was actually staying in Mongolia and doing jazz theory. 
uh, ear training and uh, like the general jazz and music theory. And then he invited, um, um, or rather the, the Goethe Institute has invited um, teachers and professionals uh, per instrument, like maybe pianists come two times per year for a week. It was uh, very short actually, and they would like do a crash course. And um, I mean, at the beginning, I didn't <laughs> understand anything at all. I mean, I was 16 and I am hearing 251 for the first time in life ever. And then they are doing like some crazy upper chords and like uh, modulation and stuff. And yeah, um, and that was, um, I wouldn't say that was for me really hard to get into that and to understand that the sense of everything because it was way too short. And um, yeah, and it was uh, also the repetition was not really that uh, long. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it helped me a lot. Of course, I got to learn a lot for from jazz theory and jazz, uh, I mean, how it works. But um, to play jazz piano is for me difficult to really understand what's the meaning behind that. And um, as I moved to Munich, I had the feeling that I learned that in a, in, in a proper way or like in, for me, it was like more easier to get adapted to it because I was able to visit concerts and I was able to go to the musicians and ask them. And there are also plenty of um, students who are, who can also help each other. And um, yeah, compared to Mongolia, it was like much easier for me to understand the language of jazz and yeah. No, I actually am impressed that not even two years into doing that, you went to uni, literally just jumped into the pool and actually came out with this. That's, I think that's, uh, yeah, more than amazing because anybody that's Thank been you. to some of these musicologists would tell you these people have been having private lessons their whole life and they still don't come out with stuff like this, so... I can't really beat up on you. <laughs> Thank you, I'm flattered. <laughs> Thanks. And I know people will be upset by that, but nah. I, like I said, that's just impressive to me. So, when you actually come to the New York scene, what do you want to experience? Um, yeah, I think I, I'll just check all those jazz clubs I've been following on Instagram <laughs> in the last years and also really be there with my presence and uh, listen to them and um, yeah and just hang with the musicians and talk with them and or just go around the city and um, explore <laughs> hopefully the jazz clubs will still be there yeah I hope so <laughs> I hope it wouldn't take that long to get there to the New York City. Okay, so what do people misunderstand, at least from your journey, about the music world? Um, um, yeah, I think the biggest thing is just because I come from Mongolia, from the country that people don't really of, uh, don't often hear or listen or they, they 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 people don't know actually lots of mongolian musicians maybe and that's why they ask all the time that my music is mongolian traditional music or it has to something to do with the mongolian music and uh, people come to my concert sometimes and ask oh we actually been expecting something mongolian but we didn't receive that 
And um, yeah, I mean, that's, I think, the biggest um, biggest misunderstanding that they have for my music or the expectation. Yeah. I mean, I gr uh, grew up there in, in the capital city, but it's, uh, it's a city and I'm not, I'm not coming from countryside where the Mongolian tradition music is really, uh, yeah, really the core of the tradition. And I was like um, educated with classical music and I grew, grew up with that. So um, yeah, I can't really say a lot about Mongolian traditional music and I can't really, um, yeah, uh, transfer that through my music. So Did they think you were going to come to... out with that like cello guitar it's so playing? <laughs> No, I think it's like they think that, that that I do some kind of arrangements of Mongolian traditional songs and played in in, in and try to interplay it, uh, in the jazz um, ensemble, and yeah, or I, I don't know they maybe expect that I would start reading Mongolian poem or something like that, and but it's fine. I mean, what what else can I expect? Uh, uh, what else can people expect uh, from someone? from a country that they never heard of and I think I'd heard of Mongolia I just think they haven't well, heard yeah, of yeah, you know. yeah that's, that's true I mean the Mongolian country the people know that know that of course but um, a lot of people that know Mongolian jazz musician and um, they try to like connect somehow with um, the knowledge they have of Mongolia or yeah the imagination they have they connect with Mongolia and they try to connect that with me or with my music and Sometimes it's, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> not that easy. Okay. So what is your dream project? Um, and, well, at the, at, at the time, um, for a long time, it's been the Chamber Jazz Orchestra project I launched last year. And um, yeah, it's been like my dream since, I don't know, since I was a high school student. And I always wanted to have my own jazz, um, bigger ensemble, like, like, like orchestra. I mean, it's still chamber orchestra with too many people, but I think at some point I would like to have my compositions played by jazz symphonic orchestra or something like that. And I would be also really willing to write for that. I mean, writing and composing makes so much joy for me. And, um, yeah, that like, like hearing the composition in like that bigger, large sound of strings and also the timpani and everything. Yeah, that would be, I think, my dream. And with maybe with choir or something like that. <laughs> okay. Like I said, I can't beat up on you. You're doing, I think, amazing. <laughs> so we have the we have the word in Mongolian. You don't have to pay money to dream. So I dream a lot of things um, quite, way too, <laughs> way too I'm often. stealing that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Give a shout out to the artists that are on your album, please, because, like I said, your rhythm section just fit in perfectly. <laughs> yeah, and that's um, Nils Kugelmann is a German bassist. Um, he has his also a fantastic trio. He just um, also released his album a couple of months ago. And the Valentin Rena is a drummer, and um, yeah, the, the both of the drummer and the, and the bassist. I know them since three, four years since I got to Munich, and I know them personally also very well. And I'm really ha happy to have them on, on the board. 
and Anton Mangold, the, the saxophone player and the flutist, and he is actually also a harpist. He didn't play harp on the recording, but he, is a, he was trained as a classical harpist and he also plays a jazz harp, which is actually not that common, but yeah, he's a very talented guy. And I discovered him actually um, on um, a live stream concert during COVID. Yeah, thanks to COVID. And um, he was playing flute and saxophone on that concert. And, and I thought, my first thought, that this is the guy I, I was, this, this, he is the missing part I was searching for to round up, up the ensemble. And I asked him on Facebook and he agreed to play on the recording. And yeah, I'm so happy to have him. <laughs> okay. Got to check him out because the only other one that's really in the mainstream is Brandy Younger. And yeah. we had her on it. <laughs> yeah. But still. <laughs> yeah, I think doesn't have any jazz harp or any harp recording yet released, but he is, I think, planning to do that. So, and yeah, he has but a couple of records with on which he plays saxophone flutes. That's interesting. So, oh, okay, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he is, I think, one of the humblest person I've ever met. I mean, he can do almost everything, and he now uh, does also degree in jazz piano and, and everything. And that he is one of the most humble person I've ever met. And he, yeah, I really, I'm really glad to have found him. Okay. Well, ma'am, is there anything else you wish to say? There you go. Like I said, I can't beat up on somebody that came from another country, learned another language, got into the university, then released an album better than most people have in their whole careers. Oh, thank you for the kind words. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't. No, okay. Well, can you give them your social media, your website, how to reach you, all that stuff? Um, this is my first, uh, this is my full name, which makes it also very difficult for people to spell it. But um, my website is uh, my full name, which you can see um, on the name of the podcast, hopefully. <laughs> it's Shutin Erdenbater. Um, I can maybe spell that S H U T E N E R D E N E B double a t a r dot com and my instagram is uh only my first name and and uh it's on instagram and the facebook is also the full name so yeah you have to look up <laughs> to the title of the podcast one more time again to find my name on facebook and yeah and elsewhere you can also find me with my full name okay well ma'am <laughs> honestly thank you I'm looking forward towards your journey, okay? Thank you. Thank you for having me. And everyone, this is Leanna from Improv Exchange. Thank you. Have a good one. <laughs> That's that on jazz. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Improv Exchange. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Also, please be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Improv Exchange.